0: Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. Wow, that'll wake you up right there. If that don't wake you up, nothing will. Come on, y'all. That's why I'm not an alarm clock, because that'll get you up in the morning. (laughs) That's good stuff. Hey we're so thankful everybody's with us this morning. Look, we love you guys online. We know that you're watching online, and we know that you're checking us out this morning. Do me, look, we're we're going to pray for you this morning. We know God's going to show up in a mighty way in your house, so do us a favor. Share this link. Get this link out to everybody. We want everybody to know that God wants to speak to them this morning. He has a special word for them. So this morning, we're just excited to see what God wants to do here at Destiny. Uh, we're going to stand to our feet. I want to pray, and we're going to usher in the Spirit this morning. We're going to let God do only what God can do in this place, right? So, so let's just give him let's just give him some some praise and stuff this morning come on holy we love you god we thank you, Lord. You're so good, so powerful, so wonderful, God. We thank you that we get to do this this morning. We thank you that, that we can gather in a church. We thank you that we can love on you, Lord. And we thank you, God, for everything you've done in our life, Father God. We thank you for everything you did and everything you're going to do, Father. And we just ask you right now, come sit with us. Come sit with us, Father. Let us enjoy your presence this morning. Father, we just lift you up in praise this morning. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord. God, and we just expect to see you move in this house, God. We just want more of you in this house, more of you in our our families, in our nation, Father God, in our schools. Father, everywhere you can touch, touch them this morning, Father God. We just love you, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen, guys. I'm going to turn it over to the worship team, and we're going to get ready to worship. Go ahead, Miss Rachel. Yes. Good
1: morning, family. Um, this past week and a half, there's been some spiritual battles and some physical battles for For many in the house, Um, the other day uh, in the morning, as a family, we were reading in Psalms 149. In praise and worship, that is our warfare, guys. And I just want to read this real quick, and if you could, look at the screen and read with me. It says, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song so that all his holy people will hear how wonderful he is. May Israel be enthused with joy because of him, and may the sons of Zion pour out their joyful praises to their king. Break forth with dancing, make music and sing praises with the rhythm of the drums, (laughs) for he enjoys his faithful lovers. He adorns the humble with his beauty, and he loves to give them victory. His godly lovers triumph in the glory of God, and their joyful praises will rise even while others sleep. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. (laughs) These warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let's worship this morning.
2: for the God of our salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O oh Lord. Lift up your heads, O oh you gate. It Cry-
1: I think we need to sing this song again but can we take this from the top thank you come yes. on jesus yes.
2: Yes. Hallelujah. oh precious is that no.
3: and declaration right now. God, we exalt you. We exalt your name high above every other name that's in our mind right now. Every other name that tries to lift itself up above the ultimate, merciful, gracious, and loving name of Jesus. are exalted in this place you are exalted in our hearts God and in our minds Jesus and in our mouths and our hands and our feet God you are exalted we lift you high we lift you high y'all sing that again and let that be your prayer He holds nothing for us.
0: we just have to sit there I just believe there's I keep feeling there's this there's a healing going on right now there's a healing in this place there's some damaged parts there's some and God is touching you right now right where you sit you don't even have to, to jump up and down you don't have to come to the front God wants to reach you right where you're at if you'll just release it to him he'll say, Lord, I just need you to touch me right now. I just need your healing on my body right now. Oh, he's such a good, good father. Oh, Lord, we love you, God. It's so strong in the house, right? I can just... Oh, Father, we love you. We worship you this morning. Touch him, Jesus. Oh, touch him, Father. Heal the broken hearts. Heal the broken body parts. Oh, Lord, only you, God. Only you. You're the only one that can do it. Come on, restore everything this morning, God. Restore our faith in this house. Restore the love in this house restore the bodies to to better than normal God we declare that right now over this house oh God we just love you we just love you Lord we thank you for that we thank you for your healing power we thank you for your grace and mercy on our lives and God we just surrender it all to you you have your way in this place this morning God have your way in this place just lift you up this morning. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in the house. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Can we lift them up this morning? Can we give him a shout of praise? Can we give them what a king deserves in the house? We love you, Lord. Oh, so worthy. So worthy. Man, so good. Well, Oh, give us one second. We need to gather ourselves. But look, if you're tuning in online, share this link. You've got some time. Everybody else, find somebody you don't know. Give them a high five, holy hug. Tell them you love them. Whatever you want to do, we'll be back in a second.
4: Everybody's on a different path, but but some people are just a little, you know, further along. I get up every morning and I put on the full armor of God, just like the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 6. Of course, it's made a few things more difficult. I've had to reevaluate some things, like how I get in my car, how I drink my morning coffee, but but I've come up with solutions for most of these things. It's not for everybody. My wife's not really into it. Hey, can you hear me? Dad, I need need you to talk just a little bit louder. Sometimes I hear people make fun of me behind my back, but I just turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, who's gonna be laughing when the day of evil comes? Not the guy in the suit of armor. You know what I mean? I'm working on my moves. Gotta stay sharp, you know? I've got my breastplate of righteousness. I've got my helmet of salvation. It doesn't get any more secure than when you're wearing the helmet of salvation. Shoot. I've got my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. i got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I've got my shield of faith. I don't know why more people haven't done this yet, but they will, they'll learn.
0: Good morning, how's everybody doing? Come on, everybody got the full armor I got on this morning? (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I still have not found a suit of armor like that, but if someone finds me some, I will wear it. Where's Alan Trump? I know he knows how to do that stuff. Come on, man. I would love to, I'm telling you, man, I want to make sure that stuff works. That's good stuff. Um, Excited to see everybody this morning. You guys doing well? Come on, Destiny. You guys doing well? There you go. So much better. Um, I'm DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we're just fired up about what God's doing in this place. We thank you for tuning in online. We love you guys. Do me a favor, share the link, get it out there, let everybody know uh, what God's doing in this place. Uh, If you need to download our app, download our app. We have a a Destiny Church Alabama app. Go ahead and download that. That's where we keep all our sermons, small groups. Everything you want to know about our church is on our app. It's so good. And, and if you're new here, if, if, uh, if this is your first time at the church, we do have connect cards. Fill that out for us. Let us know you were here. We want to send you something in the mail, but we want to pray for you. We want you to know that we love you, and we appreciate you taking time out of your time uh, to just come here on a Sunday morning, so fill that out. I can't send you anything. I can't reach out to you if I don't know who you are. So uh, t- take a little bit of time, fill that out, uh, uh, so we can just reach out to you. It's going to be good. Um, we do have a few announcements I want to talk about uh, real quick. Uh, this is like our normal announcements, but uh, uh, Monday night, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're in a prayer, Monday night at 6 p.m., right here in the sanctuary, this is intercessory prayer. We get to come in and pray for other people. Uh, in, our, in our sanctuary, we have a cross over here that says prayer on the top of it. That's our prayer cross. What that means is if you have a mustard seed of faith, I want you to come over there, and if you've got a prayer, you just nail it up to that cross over there. And then when God shows up in your life, and he answers that, because we're praying for everything on that cross every single week. So when God moves in your life and he answers that prayer, move it over to the miracle cross so we can we can just, man, we can just declare that and we can celebrate what God's doing in your life because that's so important that we celebrate what God's doing. I want, God's, God, I want people to know what God's doing in the house. It's that important. Sometimes we forget to do that. So I know there's a lot of stuff on that prayer cross that's probably been up there for a bit and it's probably been answered, all right? So get up there and clean it up. Get them over on a Miracle One, because I know I, I hear stuff all the time. But that's what we're doing on Monday. So come on in. We've got worship, sometimes live. Sometimes we, we, we play some music, but we get to pray for everybody. We just get to come together and just seek God, and that's important. So be here Mondays at 6. Uh, our Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday is our midweek service, so we just don't do service on a Sunday. Our midweek service is on Tuesday called Tuesday at the Table. Uh, and, and right now, Brother Bo is operating Tuesday at the Table, and he's coming in with a word on uh, the faith of Abraham, so good, it's such a powerful word, if you've missed out on that, don't worry, everything is on our app, everything's online, catch up with all that stuff, it's a powerful, powerful word, get it here, uh, 6 o'clock on Tuesdays, you don't want to miss it, it's going to be really good uh, as we continue in that series, um, also on Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday evening, what we have is our uh, Destiny Kids Ministry with Mama Lowe. Uh, so drop your kids off, kindergarten through sixth grade. She'll take them back there. They work on all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's unplugged. What that means is that it's not curriculum-based. It means the Holy Spirit talks to Mama Lowe. They get to do all kinds of awesome stuff, and they get to watch God just move in an amazing way in our children's ministry. And right now, we've got something special going on that'll be coming up in about a month and a half, and I know I know they're working on that. I know they're in there working on it with 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 all the kids, and it's going to be phenomenal. I'm excited to see what God wants to do with that here at Destiny. So at the same time, DSM, your students, so 7th through 12th grade right here with Pastor Kevin and Crystal in the sanctuary. So this campus is packed on a Wednesday night. So we have ministry in here, ministry back there. We have small groups going on at the same time. If you want to attend a a small group on on Wednesday night, we have our married couples group that that meets over here in the sanctuary. That's a good one. there, there's a lot of ways to get plugged in, especially with with our small groups. Um, you know, another one I want to talk about is Miss Rhonda's Treasure Seeker. Come on, if you if you say you know what you can't get into a small group because you don't want to show up at the church or you can't because you're busy, guess what? Hers is online. So Wednesdays, also Wednesdays at six to seven thirty. It's about how to study the Bible. It's all about it's all about understanding God's word and how to study it. So if that's what you're looking for, it's online. You can just Get in there, and she has her own book, and she's phenomenal. She's our church administrator. Man, she is just wonderful to have around, so you'll really fall in love with her when you actually start speaking with her. So that's a good group if you want to join a group. uh, It's out there. So I want to go uh, talk about an upcoming event we got going on, and that's on Halloween. So on October 31st, we're having a Destiny Church family movie night right here. Uh, Now, last week, I must have been all over the place because I said some stuff last week. I got in trouble. So I got to clarify what's going on. Uh, That evening is a family night at the church. So we have a couple movies, uh, popcorn, some candy, Um, bring a lawn chair, bring, you know, we're going to do stuff inside, but bring a lawn. We want it to be bring a blanket. We've got big screen back in the children's ministries. They're going to have a blast, but it's not drop your kids off and go home. I said that last week and I apologize because everybody got excited. They were clapping. I was like, no, it's not drop your kids off. It's family night at the church. <sighs> that was the longest staff meeting ever. <laughs> family night. Come on out as a family. We, wanna, we just wanted to give you a safe environment to come on out, uh, and let's just do life together uh, on Saturday, Saturday evening. It's going to be a fun time right here, so, so come on out. I even They corrected me this morning. There is going to be candy and popcorn. Um, I said games and all, I mean, I was thinking big, I guess my vision was way outside the scope of where they were going, I guess I should have talked to them first, <laughs> anyway, show up, it's going to be a fun night, we just want to do life with you, so doors open at 530, um, and just come with your kids, that's always good, the movie is up on the screen, Breakthrough and Frozen 2, so th- those are the two movies, um, that they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna put up there, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, What I want to do uh, also is bring up is next week is a big week for us because it's baptism Sunday. Okay, so we were supposed to do it a couple weeks ago, uh, but we moved it to the 1st of November. So we're going to have the baptism, a uh, baptistry out here, guys. It's going to be an opportunity to celebrate uh, just, just the next step and the next step in their walk. So anybody that is a new believer, um, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the very next step for you is to get baptized. There's also some people I know, and we've done it a lot, that were baptized when they were, you know, little bitty and don't even remember it. Okay, you can get baptized okay? Uh, we're going to open it up in here. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm really excited to see what God wants to do next weekend when it comes to, to baptism. Just let us know. We, we give you a cool shirt. We, we we do all kinds of stuff where we want to make sure that, that you have all the tools you need. So you can either talk to Connection Point, the big wooden desk in the foyer, let them know you're going to be here, or go online. You can go online to our um, uh, through our app or through our just our website and sign up. So just let us know because we need to know the size of your shirt and all that stuff. So Please, Uh, I'm excited about next week. It's going to be phenomenal. I think Brother uh, Pastor Kevin's going to be in the the baptistry. So so he's going to be dunking some people. He's excited. It's going to be good. Uh, I don't know where he went. He did that to me last week. I was trying to talk about him, and he left. When I find him, I'm going to find him. But it's going to be good, y'all. So I'm excited about that. I think that's all I got. I'm going to move on. Let's pray, and let's jump into the message this morning because I know God. Oh, wait, there is one more thing. Thank you, Holly. See, I love our production team. Give it up for our production team. I just want to show you this. This This is a cool slide. We get this every 30 days. It shows us everybody that tunes in online. So as you can see, we're watched in three different countries across 23 different states and regions. So look, the word is getting out. Um, like I said, as you show up here, you go, man, you know, we're down to one service. With COVID, everything kind of shrunk down, but we still have over 300, 400 people watching online, uh, which is phenomenal. So make sure that, that you understand that, that, that we are getting the word out, spread the message, share the links, get stuff out there. Uh, it is great to see what God's doing. He's doing it all over. Uh, I, have a, I have a new friend in Brazil. So brother, I know you contact me every week, man. So I appreciate you. Uh, uh, and and we're, we're pastoring people in Brazil. Brazil, y'all. That's pretty awesome. So so I love that. So man, we appreciate y'all for tuning in and sharing that message. Uh, But Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we get to share this message today. I thank you, Lord, that we get to have service, God. Uh, And Father, right now, we just surrender this entire moment to you, God. You have your way in this place. Touch my lips, Father. Let it be everything about you, God. Let it be your word that comes out of my heart, Father God, and and rolls onto the ears of everybody else, not mine. God, I want to surrender that all to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So you guys are enjoying this series? Armor of God, come on. All right, so you guys are going to be good. It's starting. I can see it. You know, we're going to be struggling over here a little bit. We'll come back. It'll be good. Um, I love what God's doing through this. It's just a powerful. Uh, a powerful series we jumped into and we started it several weeks ago, probably about a month or so ago. And it's all about spiritual warfare, but it's not just about the spiritual warfare. It's about how you can, you can cope with that, how you can get through that, how you can battle that. Uh, and it's all about what God wants to do uh, with you and around you and how you can do that, which is putting on a full armor of God. It says the full armor of God, not just some of it. He says, cause some people are really good at prayer. But, man, they're not so good with the other stuff. And whenever you don't put on the full armor of God every day, what happens is the enemy will find a foothold. He'll sneak in. He'll do what he wants to do in your life. That's why, it's, that's why we're taking our time and we're going through this one step at a time. I want to I explain it thoroughly so you understand what it is. I want you to be able to apply it in your lives. Now, we took a break last week. Um, we took a break last week because Brother Bo came in, and he had a timely word for our church. Uh, a very timely word on what's going on in the world, what's going on in politics. That's all stuff that if you missed that message last week, it is on our website, it's on our app, it's out there on Facebook. Go watch it. You need to hear it. Okay? We, we stopped what was going on here because that needs to be heard. That That is something that you need to hear. So please, uh, go check that out. Uh, and, and it was just a phenomenal word, and I love how God's moving that around the place. And I've heard it... Um, You know, I've heard it from other pastors, not exactly that same way. So what I'm seeing is a a unity amongst churches coming together, saying this is what it needs to be, and that's what's important. So uh, so get out there and watch it. Share that link. Let other people see it. It's so powerful. It's good. So uh, two weeks ago is when we stopped and we were talking about being fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. And we kind of dove into that. Go back and watch it again or go back if you didn't see it. uh, Get those notes. It's so important you don't miss any of this because they build on one one another. They they work together. You know, it's all about sharing the good news with others um, and getting it out there. Um, So what I want to do is we're going to jump into our verses. So if you have your Bibles... If you don't have a Bible, you can get one at Connection Point. We have them for you. Or you can use your phone uh, or your iPad, but we do have Bibles here for you. Uh, once again, I recommend you bring your Bible to church in some way, shape, or form. Yes, thank you. Um, so, Ephesians 6, 10, 18. If you don't have your Bible, it will be up on the screen. Uh, Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 18. and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, man, the, the Bible lays it out pretty uh, pretty uh, lengthy and in detail for us of how we're supposed to put on the armor, what the armor is, why it's so important that we do it, uh, that, that we need to have all this armor all the time. So it's all in the Bible. We just like to come back and talk about this because I want want you to make sure that you understand this. So we have to put it on every day. Why? Because it's a constant spiritual battle. The enemy doesn't take a weekend off. The enemy doesn't take a holiday. Okay, here's what he's doing. He's waiting for you to do that. He's waiting for you to put your Bible down and say, I don't need to read my Bible this week. He's waiting for you to say, you know what? I don't need to pray this week. Or I'm getting too busy. He's waiting to see how you respond to things that are happening in the world. And then when you decide to take a break, he's coming at you. That's how this works. Okay, So, we, you know, so he doesn't take a break, so we shouldn't take a break. Just helping you out there. Okay, we need to stay on target, on time with everything uh, that we're doing in in our walk with Christ, and then therefore we're ready for Him, and we have the full armor of God on at all times. So we're going to stick right in verse 16. So in verse 16, it says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So in addition to all this. So he's already talked about everything. We've already walked through those over the last several weeks. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch it. Spend some time. Um, they're not that long, they're good words, you need to get those notes, you need to understand what he's trying to say when he's talking about the things he's talking about. So we're going to stand right here, and and what you see here is you see Paul, and Paul is actually, once again, he's talking about, um, he's comparing our faith to the, the shield of a Roman soldier. Okay, and this is just an analogy, okay, he's not saying we should carry around an actual shield with us, it's an analogy. Why? Because all the people back then, you know, that this was a common thing for them. It would be like us talking now about iPads and, and iPhones, and we'd probably use that terminology. But back then, here you have Paul who is under house arrest, right? And he's chained to a Roman soldier. So like I said before, I think they're having some pretty deep conversations, because Paul's probably not the quiet kind of guy. And he's probably sharing the gospel. He's probably telling him all about who Jesus is, and he's asking him questions. What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of this? And in, and in that, he's writing letters to all the churches saying, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. So that's where we pick this up. Um, so he's writing uh, so people would understand it. And, and he's talking about a Roman soldier, uh, their shield, because this shield was a pretty powerful tool in their defense when it came to warfare. So it, it, back in that day, a shield was made of wood, and it was layered with linen, with the wood, so it's pressed together. And then this shield's about two foot by four foot, and, and it's wrapped in leather, all right? That's what this shield would look like. And that leather is soaked in water. It's just soaked. It's, it's, it is just completely saturated with water. So you can imagine how heavy it is. You can imagine how strong these soldiers had to be. Um, and, and they would carry these shields with them as they go into uh, any kind of warfare because what would happen is the, the, the enemy, whoever they were going against, would see them coming, so they would do the exact opposite, right? So they, they finally learned that they can't shoot them with regular arrows anymore because they have wooden shields. So they said, how can we get them? So they would take their arrows, the iron tips, and they would dip it in pitch, and then they would light that on fire, which would keep a good fire, and then they would shoot it at the Roman soldiers, which is why their shields, which were made of wood, were saturated in water, and with the leather was saturated. Why? Because it would extinguish the arrow when it hit. It wouldn't stop the arrows from flying. See, that's what you need to understand. Okay, The shield doesn't stop the enemy from shooting arrows at you. It extinguishes the flame. The purpose of the flame was to catch the wooden shields on fire, so they would drop the shields, they would drop their guard, and then they would attack them without shields, which made you open, and then you could be wounded and killed. Okay, so the shields don't stop the arrows. They might stop them from hitting you, and they extinguish them, but the enemy is always going to fire at you. And that's what you need to know. Okay, is The enemy's not going to stop firing. Now, what I do believe is that as you walk in faith and as we, we walk this out in faith and our faith grows and grows and grows, I believe we don't even need to think about it anymore. And I believe we're not waking up every morning going, all right, I need to put this on. And now I need to put this on. I believe as you walk in faith and, and as we, we grow more and more like him, what happens is we start waking up and stuff's already on. And pretty soon you're so, you're so wrapped up in his presence and doing what God wants you to do and reading his word and praying and understanding the truth and you're wrapped in in a robe of righteousness that, that guess what you don't even think about it anymore and that's pretty powerful that's where you want to be that's our goal uh our goal is to be able to wake up and just ready to go every single day so we don't leave anything at home cuz you know I, people have a tendency to leave stuff at home we left some stuff at my daughter's house this weekend part of my part of my wife's armor her jacket and her 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 little propane tank for football games, and we got a game on Friday, baby. So you're gonna freeze, okay? <laughs> so she left her armor. At my, so that's what can happen sometimes. So so we need to be ready all the time, so we don't leave our armor uh, where it's not supposed to be. So so here's this shield. It protects us. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to kind of talk about this. I want to break it down a little bit. Our faith. So our shield. This is what you need to understand. Their shield was like two by four. Our shield can be as big as we want it to be. Our shield depends on our faith. So the more faith you have in God, the more faith you have in his word, the more faith you have in what the Bible says, the more faith you have in the communication you have with him, the bigger your shield is. And if it's so great, guess what? It can be a wraparound shield. And you can walk around and not have to worry about a single thing. So so our faith depends on that. So... So our faith in God and what his word is, is our shield. And you can see it all the way in the Bible. It talks about shields in the Bible. I'll bring it up a couple times because I know Brother Bo's been all over Abram on, in Genesis. So Genesis 15.1, if you're missing out on his word, it's really good. But, and this is what Genesis 15.1 says. It says, after this, word, after this, the word of God came to Abram in a vision. and He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Okay, so here in the Bible, all over the place, God's saying, look, I am your shield. He's telling them, don't worry. I'm your great reward. Isn't it awesome that your reward is a shield? Your reward is God's love, God's covering your life. So you having faith in God comes with a reward that he's going to what? He's going to cover you. He's gonna, you're gonna, you, can, you can rest in his shade. You, you, you can rest with this shield around you, and that's what he is. He's, he's our shield. So it's almost like a reward. Uh, for believing in heaven in faith, and that was so. That was Abram, but then you can go on a little bit further, and we and David talks about this. Uh, David talks about it in Second Samuel 22. twenty-two, Second Samuel twenty-two. That entire chapter uh, in Samuel is is based on uh, what David David calls it his song of praise. So David's song of praise, where he's just. Man, he is just praising on what God's done in his life and how God, God gets him through all these these issues and saves him from the enemy. But specifically in that, um, in verse 36, it says, you make your saving help my shield. It says, you make my, your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. So here you see David, man, just, just, talking back to God saying, God, I love you so much. And it was because of you, Lord. So it's your help. That was my shield. So once again, we see different kinds of shields. We talk about help. We talk about faith. We talk about a gift. Okay. So God is basically telling you in a big nutshell, I will be your shield if you let me, but it takes a little bit of work. It's going to take us to do stuff. It's going to take us to dig in. It's going to take us to, to dedicate ourselves to, to getting to know him, to obeying him, to reading his word to do and what he asked us to do. So what I love in this verse, it says we have to take up our shield. In other words, you have to pick it up. It's not like any other armor we've talked about yet. Shoes are laced up, you know, the robe's on, the belt's on. This is a shield that you have to physically pick up with your arm. And, and if you think about a shield and how that works, a shield only works when you see something coming. Right? So you have to be facing the enemy, you have to see the arrows coming at you for you to be able to position the shield in the right spot. And actually what they would do, uh, what the Roman soldiers would do, is they would actually get together, kneel down, and they could put their shields together and they could build a wall. They could build a wall that would allow the other soldiers to advance. It would, it would allow everybody else. So do you understand that your faith can cover other people? You need to understand that, that your faith in God, your faith in his ability to heal can cover other people. That's why it's so important we have intercessory prayer. We have people praying for other people. We have people that, that, that are interceding, okay, for, for you and your family members, and, and you don't even have to know them. But we have people all the time that are praying because our faith, the faith in this room can protect people outside this room. That's important. So you had guys that would go up and lock their shields together, and, and it's kind of like their faith would protect everybody behind them. And that's what we get to do. We, we get to be on the front line because of our faith and, and what God wants to do through us, and that's so good. So what is faith? Let's talk about that um, just so everybody knows. We already know what the Roman soldier does now, so that's enough of the Roman soldier. Let's move on to faith. What is faith? Um, so let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is confidence and what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. So confidence in what we hope for, and assurance in what we do not see. And sometimes people, you got to understand your faith is, is trusting God. You might not see him, but believing in him, and believing in what his word says. It's kind of like air and oxygen, right? We all believe there's oxygen. We all believe there's air. Can't see it but we believe it, right? And it'll test you. Has anybody been snorkeling? Oh, yes, yeah. snorkeling's a blast until you trust that little snorkel so much and you go under the water and you just inhale everything, right? So so then you start believing, okay? Then your faith changes a little bit when you suck in a gallon of water when you're snorkeling, okay? It'll change your perspective about air. <laughs> it's just how it works, But, but, but those are some good ways. I like to see that it's, it's, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So I want to talk a little bit about what faith is and what it isn't. Uh, And I'll just run through these real quick. If you're taking notes, this will be a good time. Uh, But faith is believing in God and in his word. So there's faith, believing in God and believing in his word, what's written in this Bible. That's so important that you understand that you need to believe what's written in this Bible or your Bible. It's not mine. We all got a Bible, read your Bible, understand that it is truth. There is life in it. Okay. This is, this is, this is, this is where faith comes from. So not having, um, not having the faith to do what God asked you to do then to do is actually disobeying God. So having faith is one thing, not having faith is disobeying God. Let that sink in for a little bit when God asks you to do something. I was battling with it this morning, just battling with it this morning during worship. he was telling me, nope, you know you need to stop right now and and someone needs healing and I'm like, "No no 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 and then he just sat me down and I'm like, "Oops, <laughs> sorry about that let me let me I don't want to disobey I, I need to get up and at least pray and I believe that there's still healing that needs to happen in this house and afterwards when we pray afterwards, if that's you, you need to come up and get and get prayer this uh, before we leave today but, but I think that's how it is. God wants us to have faith to trust in him, faith to, to obey him when he tells us to do stuff. And, and that comes from believing in God and believing in his word. Faith is also rooted in fact. Faith is rooted in fact. So if it's in the Bible, it's true. If it's in the Bible, it's true. So there's a fact. And, and, and so this is not like we think this happened. No, it's in the word. So if you're catching on what I'm putting down, you need to read your Bible. You ready for it? You need to read your Bible and do what it says. <laughs> I tend to say that a lot. but um, So I want to talk about what the Bible says a little bit. There's, there are tons of promises in the Bible. I'm just going to list a few so you can hear it, and maybe some of these resonate with you. This is what the Bible says, and this is what we need to have faith in. This is what we need to believe in. So, so God promises, his promises to his people, God will provide us with all our physical and spiritual needs. Okay, he'll finish the spiritual work that he's begun in us. He'll give us wisdom we ask for as, as we go through life. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never allow our trials to be more than we can bear. He'll, he'll give us peace of mind. He'll forgive any and every sin once we've repented. Okay, he'll, he'll make it possible for us to grow and become like him. He'll cause everything that happens in our lives to eventually work out for the good. So faith is believing in the promises, and there's a whole lot more in there. There's a whole lot more in there. So as you read it, start, start looking for the promises of God because they're written, they're fact, and guess what? They'll happen in your life when you believe in them and you step that out and you walk that out. You know, one of the things I love what the Bible says uh, in Psalms 9 uh, nine through 10 Just another one of these things, it's not a promise, but he is promising it to you. It's that the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. He's a stronghold, okay? He's a fortress. He says, when you come to me and you surrender to me and you know me, not that you know my name or know of my name, he says, you must know my name. Like, know my voice, know who I am, know me personally, have a relationship with me. That, that's what he's saying. He goes, it's not just that, that you know of my name. Oh, I've heard the name Jesus before. No, he says, guess what? I'll be a fortress for you, okay? And, and, and he says, have, he has never forsaken those who seek him. Come on, when you seek him, he'll always be there for you. He's waiting to answer your prayers. He's waiting to come alongside you and wrap you up in his arms. That's what it's saying. So faith, faith has nothing to do with probability. Faith has absolutely nothing to do with probability. It's not like rolling the dice. Okay, you're not saying, well, I have a pretty good chance if I pray. That's not what faith is about. It has nothing to do with probability. Okay, it's believing all the time that it will happen. Now, you might not like the timing of it, but having faith that it will happen is so important. Because when you believe it's going to happen, it'll happen. Like I said, you just don't know when. Unfortunately, we are a little impatient. I know I like things to happen now. I like to see results. And sometimes that frustrates me. But I understand that I've got to believe and have faith that God already promised stuff. And when he speaks to you, he doesn't... Look at whatever he spoke over you, however he made you, whatever he made you for, whatever purpose he made you for, that does not get deleted. Like he doesn't wake up one day and accidentally hit delete and go, oops, I don't know what happened to that person. doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God said, I'll get you back on track because I have a plan for you, a purpose for you. I made you specifically for something. That's what he's saying. He goes, I have a plan and and I made you for it. And it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you've been through. You haven't changed his plan. You're just delaying it. Because he's like, if you'll just surrender back to me, I will grab a hold of you and get you right where you need to go. That's what I love about him. He'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on you. It says Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. It says, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Come on, you were chosen and predestined for a plan that he's already done. Man, you don't have to, all you have to do is surrender to him and let him work. Let him do what he wants to do. And so when you submit to him, you put your faith in him, guess what, he's, he's going to realign you with your purpose. We've talked about that before. Sometimes we get out of alignment. Anybody have a back out of alignment, a neck out of alignment? Man, that's some bad stuff. But when you get realigned, guess what? Everything starts to feel good again. Things start to work good again. That's what he's saying. He goes, man, I can realign you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Let me adjust you, and let's get back on track. It's kind of like when a doctor tells you you need to do something, you kind of need to do it. (laughs) right? He says, do these things, and and we're going to get you back on track, and we just need to fall in line with that. So faith has nothing to do with appearances. Faith has nothing to do with appearances. See, it doesn't doesn't matter how the situation looks. It doesn't matter how how it even feels sometimes. Faith has nothing to do with appearances, right? His word in 2 Corinthians says, for we live by faith, not by sight. Because it's so easy to look at your bank account and say that you're broke. It's so easy to look at a medical report and say that you're sick and you can't be healed. It is so easy to look at things and allow the world to determine what it's going to be. So easy. And he says, look, faith is not, faith is not by sight. Just believe, believe in my word. So our goal is to do what? Get in the word. So everything you see, bump it up against God's word and say, well, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. So now you can determine what you believe in, right? So so faith faith has nothing to do with appearances. Hmm. I mean, think about how many times has a doctor or nurse come out and said something to you, right? And then it ended up being false. But you got all stirred up. And you're like, what? You know, we had it with my wife several years ago. They they came out and said they found a, a, a mass, and they took an x-ray, and they called me and said, hey, she needs to go uh, immediately because they think there was this big tumor or something off the side of her head. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't there. But it was. It was, a, it was and it was like the doctor says this, and everybody goes into, uh-oh. <laughs> what do we do now? And, and, and it's not by sight, right? God says, get back in my word. Have faith. And let's see what, what, what my word says about it. Let me speak to it. Let me take care of it. And sometimes that, that, uh, that, that there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Like um, even, let's see, what's the go even, even trying to make something right that you did wrong. See, a lot of times if you want to apologize for something, you want to own up for something, there's a lot of times that I remember as a kid, I did not want to tell my parents what I did wrong. Because I was so worried about the punishment, <laughs> about the consequences, I was willing to not say anything about it. Why? Because I was seen with the wrong eyes, right? I was seen with the wrong eyes. And I think it happens in life all the time where people will, will be, feel convicted to, to own up to something they did, right? But they won't because they're scared of the consequences. And God says, don't be scared. It's not by sight, okay? It's by faith believe in me if I if I'm putting on your heart. I'll share a I know I'll talk a little bit. I, I love planes, you know me, I'm a I'm a I'm an airplane guy. Um, I remember one time we were we were actually stationed over in uh Okinawa in Japan and we had uh I worked I worked on airplanes and we had LOX carts and let's liquid oxygen. Um, so if you've ever wondered how a plane gets oxygen when you're you know, 20,000 feet in the air because there is none up there. It's very low, right? So, and, and you can either have huge bottles of air right, that, that are on a plane which weighs it down, or you can use liquid oxygen. So liquid oxygen um, has an expansion rate of, I think, like 873 to 1. So it's, it's, it's frozen. Well, it's not frozen, but it's liquid and it's, it boils off. So when I speak of boiling, think about this. When water boils, what happens? It evaporates and you see steam, right? Well, that happens with liquid oxygen. So in planes, you have a tank on a plane that has liquid oxygen in it. It boils at minus 297 degrees Fahrenheit. That's when it boils. That's pretty cold and it's already evaporating off. So you have these cryotainers that we put this stuff in on planes so that when you're flying, when, when you're flying in the air, it boils off and it gives you enough oxygen because it, expi- you know, one to, to 873, you have enough oxygen to breathe for hours and hours and hours with 200 and some people using it, okay? So, so, so plenty of oxygen on a plane. So... Unfortunately, you don't have that stuff everywhere. So sometimes we have to fill up these big 50-gallon carts and put it on a plane and send it to a place so that they can fill up the little planes over there. But when you put that on a plane, you have to vent it. So because as it shakes around, shake a can of soda, what happens? Blows up. Put Put a big can of liquid oxygen on a plane, and it's shaking around. If you don't vent it in the right way, it could blow up. So when you put them on, so my guys had to go put this on a plane. They left and they came back real quick. And I saw the plane taxiing, so I'm like, man, that was the fastest thing ever. And they came in and I said, did you get it? No, they wouldn't let us put it on. And I started thinking, man, they've got a lot of people on board and they've got this, this bomb ready to go off because you have invented it overboard. So then I had to start thinking in my mind, what are the consequences? what are the consequences to me as the guy that was supposed to make sure it was on and what are the consequences to the people on the plane if something goes wrong? So that I've got to make all the phone calls to all the right people and stop a plane that's getting ready to take off and make that thing turn around and come back so that we can go up and install a vent kit. Wasn't the pl- most pleasant time of my military career when you have to explain that to people and you have to explain how things get missed. But in the long run, We had faith because of the faith of understanding that I can walk in and tell you what's going on. We were able to save lives because that plane was going for a long ways and who knows what would have happened. But we had to have faith in the fact that they're going to be smart enough to understand that it wasn't done on purpose, right? And we can deal with the consequences. And that's something that that a lot of people have faith until it comes to you doing what's right. Because sometimes you do what's wrong, and you know you have to make it right, and that's where you stumble because you're too scared of the consequences. So you've got to have faith that God is going to take care of it when you're doing something right. And believe it or not, I see marriages restored that way. I see relationships restored that way when people have the faith to just talk and communicate and share what they're going through. That takes faith to trust that God has it in his hands, that, that what God told you is going to be true is going to be true. Okay, that's huge. So we have to have that, you know. Um, I know that was a long story, but I like planes. Can't help it. You, 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 I'll, I'll get into it later. <laughs> All right, so that's kind of faith. We talked about faith. Uh, let's go from faith and let's kind of shift that over into how do we grow in faith? Because having faith is one thing, not having it's another, but, but you not having faith and me telling you to have it doesn't get you anywhere. Then you just go, okay, how do I get it? How do I grow in my faith? Because I have faith for certain certain things and I can have faith with certain things, but how do I grow in that, right? So first thing is ask God for faith. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. You're saying, I've got to have faith to ask God for faith. Yes, ask God for faith, okay? Ask him. Because I believe this, practice makes perfect. The more you practice faith, the more you start believing in the word, the more you start doing the little things that God's asking you to do, your faith starts growing because you start seeing God working through you. You start seeing God doing what he says he's going to do when you practice it. But there's a lot of people that won't even try stuff because they're like, that just sounds way outside the box. You know, practice of What I mean by that is read the word, practice what it says. If it says do it, try it. Listen to God. When God tells you to do something, Try doing it. It could be anything from, you know, you might pull up into a Starbucks and the guy in front of you or behind you and God might say, buy their coffee. And you're like, uh, that don't make any sense. Practice it and watch what, I believe God is one of those gods where he's just like, hey guys, I'm the kind of God that wants to give you an opportunity to prove to me that you're going to do what I ask you to do. And then when you do what I ask you to do, I'm going to give you more and I'm going to give you more and I can trust you with more. And pretty soon you'll be out there changing the world for him because you're just trusting him. You're having faith in him. All right, so James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. So there, that's where I get that from. Do what it says, but that's what it is. So the faith to actually read what the Bible says and do it. So that's how you grow. That's how you grow in faith. That's how you start to believe with small things and trust God. You know, it can be easy as, hey, God, uh, give me somebody to pray for. When you start asking God for stuff like that, he's gonna align people in your path. God, I would share the gospel, but you just never put anybody in front of me to share the gospel with. Go ahead and pray for that. Because I'm pretty sure God's gonna put people in front of you real quick for you to share the gospel, real quick to show you that that, that he has a plan for you. You know, I think... uh, you guys know me. You've known me for a while. Uh, I don't talk about money, but I think the biggest thing when it comes to faith is when we talk about tithing and giving. That'll be the number one thing that people won't trust God with because it's too close to their heart. They understand where, you know, they understand they work so hard for their money and everything in this world operates on money. So I can't trust you with that. Trust me, when we went to, we went to church the, the first time, got saved we're like man this is great and then like the next week they're like hey we believe you should give 10% and I was like huh I'm looking at my checkbook going I don't know baby like somebody ain't getting paid like the lights are going down like there is no 10% we don't even have 10% in savings like I was like this is horrible what do you do but I learned at that point one I had to be a better steward so I had to get really smart with my finances And what's funny is that when you take control of your finances and you're a good steward and you budget and all that stuff, giving's very easy. Okay. But I also realized to have faith in giving, I had to start somewhere. So we always, we started, I started giving with, with a percentage. I said, I'm going to give 1%. And then I just tried it. (laughs) All right. I'm going to give 1% every week where it used to be. I'd walk into church and be like, oh yeah, I think I got some money today and throw it in there. Right. That's, that's what I did. And then when I started giving by percentage, I would sit down and say, okay, we're going to budget. And I thought, well, okay, well, I want to give 2%. All right, Lord, how am I going to give 2%? Well, I've got to fix my bills, so I've got to cancel some stuff. I've got to do some stuff. It made me start reviewing my life, going, man, I want to be a giver. If I can't be a giver if I can't manage my money. So, so giving and managing your money all go together. So then we just started doing that. And then eventually you go from 1% to 2% to 5%, 6%, 10%. And then all of a sudden what you realize is you're giving more than what the Bible says to give. Why? Because the Bible says that's where it starts. (laughs) Starts with 10%. And then he puts stuff on your heart. You know how awesome it is when you can bless people? when you can start giving to missionaries and blessing people and when you run in, that's, that's the cool part is you trust him with a little and all of a sudden he starts, and here's the thing, we didn't, we didn't want, we didn't go through times of starving in our house. I mean, that all happened before that. <laughs> My ketchup sandwiches was all before that. But what I realized is that when I trust God with our finances, he took care of us. He took care of us. We were never in want. We were never in need. He just took care of us. And we were just blessed to do that. But it took a decision of being faithful. God, I want to be faithful. So show me, God. Show me how I can do that. I mean, we, we had a lot of mouths to feed. And I was like, man, I got bills and all these cool toys. Show me, Lord, how I can do that. And he did. He did, but it starts there. So, so faith grows. Um... So you got to practice because practice makes perfect. As you start practicing those things, God will start showing up in your life and showing you how to use it and what you can do with it. And it will give you more opportunities to trust him. Faith grows scripturally. We've said this numerous times already. When you get in the Bible and you read the Bible, your faith will grow. Because as you start reading, guess what? Man, you start taking in his word. And, and faith comes through hearing and reading, and there you go. So, so as you hear his word, as you read his word, your faith, you just start. And I, if you don't think the Bible's interesting, something's wrong, because there are so many cool things happening in there. Like it used to be a chore for me when I first got saved, and I was like, I got to do what? Read the Bible. Okay. Genesis 1. This is going to take me forever. I don't even read that good. <laughs> Right? So, but when I started digging in and studying the Bible and studying, I was like, man, like, everything we go through is in the Bible. There's an answer for everything in there. And when you start seeing the faith of the people in the Bible and how God shows up and you start applying that to your life, God starts doing amazing things. So, so faith comes through reading, through the scripture. Mm. And when you start doing that, you'll start applying faith to your marriage. Man, if you're struggling in your marriage, guess what? Let's read the Bible and let's start applying that to your marriage. Because I'm telling you there's answers to everything. It's all there. If you're struggling in your finances, the answers are there. If you're struggling in relationships, if you're struggling in any part of your life, the answer is in the word. We just have to, we have to seek it out, right? And when you seek him, you'll find him. And then when you, when you get in there, he's going to show you a way. Now, showing you a way and you actually doing something with it are two different things. Right, Because like I said, we can have the faith to read it but not apply it to our lives. So it's so important. Because uh, faith also grows painfully. That's right. Faith grows painfully. Because sometimes we're we're, we're called to obey God and when God tells you to do something, you're like, that's not going to be good. But then he blesses it because you obey him. Trust me, when God tells you to To walk away from security, walk away from a job, walk away from uh, whatever it is to seek him more. That's painful sometimes. Because nothing's in your timing. I'm pretty sure Rachel could talk about it. Going to Mexico. Drop everything, go to Mexico. Right? And then just figure it out. I'm sure that wasn't just a smooth move. (laughs) Right? There's always going to be a hiccup. So sometimes obeying God can be painful. Obeying God. Being faithful to God isn't always going to be the easiest thing. So I'm not trying to tell you this is the easiest thing in the world. Just do it. It's going to challenge you. It's going to stretch you. But that's what's going to grow your faith. Because it's funny, as you go through those things in life that are painful, God shows up in the middle of them. God just shows up. And when he starts showing up in those things, you're like, if you can do it now, you can do it in anything. You know, we always say that. It, just looking at what God has gotten our family through, we're like, man, if you can do it through that, you can do it through anything. And we can just apply that faith to everything and say, you know what? If it worked there, it'll work here. That's it. You just take it and put it over top of it. <laughs> say, nope, put that, put that faith sticker on it. So uh, James 1, 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So he tells you right there we should be joyful when we're being tested, be happy. Be happy when when something happens to the car. Maybe he's got a blessing on the other side of it, all right? Be joyful when you go through a medical report because he's got a blessing on the other side of it through your faith. He's, he's trying to get us to persevere what's going on. He's trying to prepare us uh, for the next big thing. You know, I want to talk a little bit about you didn't get to meet Pastor J and Pastor D. I know, it's awesome. I'm going to keep saying that all the time we met them and we're, we're, we're helping them launch their church again because they had faith and God told them to walk away from their jobs and start a church. This is one of those timing things <laughs> right now, God, <laughs> or should I wait? Well, for them, it was right now and they launched their church and we got to help them as a church. So what I mean by help is that right now they have sound equipment and chairs and, and, and a location, um, and we got to help with that. We got to help launch a church, and now they're moving, okay, because the rent there is way too high, and they realized that everybody said that they were coming with them to launch a church, didn't show up. So, so it's perseverance. It's when God tells you to move. Are you willing to do everything he said? Like they were literally sitting there, and they're like, we can't pay for our rent for our house. Like they exhausted their savings and paid up their rent for several months because they are like, it's going to be tough. You know, and then they put everything they had into the church to get it open. And then they were like, all right, Lord, bring somebody. And I hope they give <laughs> because we have to pay the rent. So it's been like two and a half months now, almost three. And, um, and we've been praying with them. They're coming out and praying with us. We're praying over their family. And, and guess what? Through that, God will surround you with people. See, that's the good part. When you have faith, he says, okay, look, you jumped. That's good. Now let me surround you with some people that also have faith, and let me show you how those people with faith can help you, because I'm going to use everybody with, their, in their, with, with, with likeness. So I'm going to show everybody, and we're going to surround you. And guess what it did? It, it allowed us to find another location, right? So now this upcoming week, this week, they're moving into a new location, okay, which is really awesome. So we're going to help them move, but it needs work. So I have to build a stage, and we're going to help them build a sound booth, and, and we're going to do whatever we can in this upcoming week because they have to have church because they opened their doors with nobody, and now they have about forty, you know, 30 to 40 people showing up every single Sunday. Okay, so that's faith, knowing that, Lord, I'm going to walk out. When you tell me to move, I'm going to move. And then go, all right, well, we do have to eat. He said he was having people just send him Monday randomly, and he's like, ooh. Let's go get some food. <laughs> I mean, that's faith. Okay, but he's surrounded them with people that can help them. Like God linked us together because they didn't have anything to start a church. And we just had a bunch of stuff sitting in storage. And here's the good part about it. This is what I love about that whole story and how God uses faith and tells you to trust him. Because God's not just using us as a one-time thing. Like we have a relationship with him. But what God's teaching us is how to launch a church. Because we've never done that before. Other than what we've done here. (laughs) So what he's teaching us is that when Kevin is ready to roll out and start his own church, we already have a lot of information on how to do it. And that's how God does this thing. God says, look, let me put you in a position so you can learn because I want it to be perfect. I want it to be right. And I'm going to put you in a position to learn and to grow in this thing together. But you have to have faith. Because trust me, when I got the phone call that they wanted some equipment and they didn't have any money, and I was like, well, we're selling stuff because I would already told the, the worship team that if they sold stuff, they could have stuff. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we, we need all this stuff, but we don't have any money. <laughs> all right. <laughs> how about you borrow it until you can pay for it? And they agreed to it, but that's how God works. But I had to say yes. I had to look at him and say, I don't know you, but man, I met you. And once I met him, my heart melted and I was like, God is all over you and God's going to do something amazing in your ministry. So whatever we can do, we're going to do it. And that's what you do. And it's just, it's when you step out into faith, like I said, your faith can help cover other people. And their faith is all in. Like that's it. And he has, I'm not going to, he's going to come in in a couple of weeks and probably share some stories. So it's really good. Um, so that's important. How do you grow faith? Do all those things. <laughs> okay. Dude, if you took notes, do all those things. How do you kill faith? Because that's kind of important too. Because faith, faith without works is dead. So you can have all the faith in the world and do nothing with it. And it, the Bible says it's dead. James 2, 14 through 18, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So we can have all kinds of faith, but when God puts somebody in front of you and you say, Lord, Yep, I'm going to pray for them. But you have the capability of helping them out, God says. There has to be an action to it. Sometimes it's just not a prayer. Sometimes he says, yeah, I put them in front of you because I know that I want to test you in your faith. I want to speak to you. I want to tell you what to do. And sometimes you won't like that. Because it's going to test you beyond what you want to be tested. But God says, trust in me. Because if you don't, faith is dead. So faith without action is dead. And sometimes you don't understand what that means because when God puts people in front of you like that, like I said, your faith covers them and you don't know what's going to happen in that person's life after you bless them. You just don't know how God's going to use them. You don't know who, who how God is going to take them and have them bless other people. So you never understand that. And it's not for us to understand. It's just... I just love how God will trickle down everything. So when God tells you to do something, you do it, and he's going to tell them to do something. And pretty soon, faith is just everywhere because one person listened. So that's what's important. All right, so that's a little bit about faith, how to grow it. Watching the clock, is everybody good? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) I do have a lot to get through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this. Uh, we're going to get through this. I know we are. Um, so what are the arrows then? Everybody says, great. So, so what are the arrows, the fiery arrows of the enemy? And this is, this, is, this is what I like to talk about because sometimes you don't know what it is, and you don't even know how to describe it. You think you do, but you don't. All right? So, so these, these arrows, fiery arrows of the enemy, they're spiritual struggles that cause you to be hesitant to go all in with God. Anything that stops you from doing what God wants you to do is a fiery arrow from the enemy. So think about that. Whatever it is, when when God tells you to move and you don't move, whatever thought comes to your mind, fiery arrow. That's why people say when, uh, I'll go back to giving because it's just easy to explain this way. When God says, tithe off the first, you know why? Because when you first get paid, it's easier to take money and go put it and say, you know what, I'm going to trust you with it. Because if you wait, That's when the car breaks down. Uh, The light bill is $200 higher. That's when everything goes wrong and you're like, well, now I can't give because I got to pay these. But when you do it up front, when all that happens, now you got to have faith. (laughs) All right, Lord. Bless me. Bless me, Lord. We got water last month. We don't need it this month. Bless me, Lord. But that's what it is. What's stopping you from walking in full faith with God? Those are the fiery arrows. What's separating you from Jesus? Those are those arrows. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the arrows. So they're spiritual devices that Satan uses for us to question our faithfulness in God. So when you read the word and you go, oh, I want to do that, but I can't. Why not? It's the I can't. You need to define that in your head and say, what, what is it that's telling you you can't? That's the fiery arrow from the enemy. That's how he works. So are there are any thoughts, mindsets, actions against us that change how we think, how we process what God wants us to do. Fiery arrows from the enemy. Because the way the, 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 the Satan works, the way he works is he desires two things, okay? He wants to keep everybody from believing in Christ. And for us, we want everybody to be saved. So it's salvation. We, all, we want everybody to believe. He says, I don't want anybody to believe. And then we think, well, the battle is, is that once, once you believe, you're good. No, because God wants us all to grow in our faith, grow and mature as Christians, right? We call that sanctification. It's a process. Like you just don't get saved and all of a sudden you're perfect. Like you're gonna, it takes time to to grow and learn and do all these things. It's discipleship. It's all those things put together. It's called sanctification, right? So, so, and that's what the enemy hates. (laughs) The enemy wants to stop that from happening. He says, if I can pull you away from getting closer to God, Since you're already saved, now I just want to stop him from using you in a mighty, mighty way. He goes, because I know he's got a plan for you. And if I can derail his plan by getting you off track, because he knows he can't change the plan. He doesn't have that kind of power. But he knows that if he can change your heart and your mind, like like the enemy attacks our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. So if the enemy is attacking us and gets us to say, all right, I just won't do that anymore. He's happy then. Then he leaves you alone. And you're thinking, yay, like he's not attacking me. No, he won. He just derailed you off from what God wanted to do in your life. So he's not going to attack you anymore because you're not a threat. Okay? But it didn't change God's plan. So the devil operates. How does he do that? Through deception, insecurity, fear, doubt, offense. That's That's how the enemy comes at you. And he'll hit you with all those arrows. And it'll change your mindset on what you're supposed to do. So when the enemy attacks, you can either defend it with your shield of faith and say, all right, I believe you, God. I'm going to believe in your word. And we're just going to take that one on the head, and we're good. And I'm going to press on. So you can either use the shield of faith. You can, you, can, you can use the word of God. You can use your prayer. You can use all that stuff that God gives you, or you can do it on your own. And that's what a lot of people like to do. Is they go, I don't need all that stuff. I can just do it on my own. What does that look like? I'll explain it a little bit. (laughs) We we try to use worldly weapons, um, fleshy weapons, to attack a spiritual battle. In other words, when you don't feel good, when you feel like you're being attacked and and maybe God's hitting you at every level, there's a bunch of things you're going to try to use, right, to to get you feeling better again. Okay, some of these things. If you're struggling in your marriage, guess what? You're going to be like, well, adultery, that's got to be the best thing. Uh, Pornography, alcohol, anger, medication, shopping, unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip, worry, anxiety, self-righteousness, exercise, education. You're like, wait, those are good things. Those are things that you think in your head are going to get you what you need. And I know, James, I understand you're a fitness trainer. But here's what people think. I stress out, so I'm just going to go work out. And if I work out, it will take away all my issues and my anxiety and my stress. And it will until you blow a knee or hurt your back. And then you fall back on nothing because you can't exercise anymore. And God says, fall back on my word. Fall back on me. Me. All those other things, th- th- that's a good thing. Exercise, it's good. Trust me, I need to do some. I'm just proving my point. I don't need exercise to be stress-free. But that's it. Think about it, though. Some of these things are good. Education is great. Nobody can steal your education. But there's a lot of people that things were spoken into their life when they were younger that said they weren't going to be smart enough, they weren't going to be able to do it, and they've spent their entire life going through education just to prove a point. And God says, I could have used you 10 years ago if you would have surrendered to me. But instead, you're just going to keep going to school and keep just to prove a point. Quit doing it on your own and give it to me. And that's what this is about. These are things that we will do to try to fix a problem that only he can solve. And that's how we get caught up in it. Those are the fiery arrows. That's what he's talking about. That's what the enemy is coming at us with. But you also got to remember this. Not everything that's bad comes from the devil. There are consequences in your life. You're driving down the street and you're speeding and you get pulled over. It wasn't the enemy's fault. You got a ticket. It was your fault for speeding. But then let's look at it. Let's even take it back further. Why were you speeding? Late for work. So where's the fiery fiery arrow coming from? I can't call my boss and tell him I'm going to be late. He'll be upset. So therefore you're going to speed. You, uh, you're going to put yourself in danger because anything could happen when you're speeding. So so all of a sudden, because you're not willing to say, hey, I woke up late. I'm going to be late. You just try to take it in your own hands. So the enemy is trying to get you. But as a consequence, it wasn't the enemy didn't give you the ticket. You sped, got the ticket. We can anoint it and pray over it, but... Depends on what county you're in. I know some people. (laughs) Either way, that's just what happens. So what I mean by that is that every thought needs to be taken captive. Every thought needs to be taken captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So those thoughts that come in, that negativity that comes in, you take it and you make it obedient to what the word says. Line it up with the word. And if it doesn't match, it's not right. That's how you take every thought obedient. When God puts something in or when the enemy tries to put something in your mind, grab it real quick and go, does that make any sense? I didn't see that in the Bible. That's how you start looking at things. And you're like, well, that would take a whole lot of time because I don't read my Bible. And if I don't have Google, <laughs> well, that's why you read your Bible. And when you start reading your Bible more, things will start popping off and somebody will say something. You'll be like, Nah, I never read that in the Bible. And all of a sudden you start, you start answering those questions a whole lot faster. And you can start making better decisions faster and faster and faster. And it keeps you out of trouble. All right, so uh, so how are you going to discover them? Man, it's 1149. We still, we still got like two hours for all the new people. I'm just messing. <laughs> oh, man. So how do we discover these? I want to talk. About, so, so here you go. You see them, right? So, so not everything comes from the devil. And how do you find them? This is so important because I think this is where um, I want to give you a tool to use to actually evaluate so, so how do you discover fiery arrows in your life? This is so important, all right? Because Second Corinthians 13, 5 says this. It says, examine yourselves to see whether, whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So the Bible says, test yourself. So you actually have to, to, to actually be willing to do a self-interrogation. And when you do this, you're going to identify the arrows that you've been living with. And everybody has them. And then once you identify the arrows, then we can take care of them. Okay, so test yourself first and see if Christ is in you. Be honest about the way you're seeking to be a servant of God. Be honest with yourself. This is, this is the important part. That's why it says test yourself because nobody else will know if you're being honest. But you'll know if you're being honest to yourself. All right? So if we're going to find them, we have to test ourselves. And when you do this, I guarantee you it's going to expose some, some shocking things about your walk with Jesus. All right, so here we go. First thing, how does my life compare with the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5? Love, joy, peacefulness, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. How does your life line up with every one of them? And if you go... Hmm, I need to work on that area. There's your dart. There's your arrow. Figure out why you need to work on it and why you're not doing so good in that area. Because I guarantee you it probably came from something or someone. Write that thing down. Write that down. This is how you're going to evaluate yourself. So, fruits of the Spirit. Second thing um, is the description of love in my life in accordance with 1 Corinthians 13. Does that describe, is that a good description of my love? So love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres and preserves, perseveres. Yeah, I read it right. But think about that. How is your love line up? Hearing that, hearing all that description of what love is, is that how you describe love in your life? And if it's no, then let's figure out where that no is and what causes it to be a no. Because something happened in your life that caused it to be a no. And you keep thinking about it and you refer to it and you've allowed it to be an arrow in your side and you haven't removed the arrow. Because I tell you what, if you remove an arrow, you can heal. Arrows are coming. Arrows are real. But if you remove it, you will heal. It takes time, but you will heal. But you've got to discover where the arrow's at. You've got to realize what it is that's keeping you from, from having full faith in God. So we've got to find these arrows. So are the Beatitudes reflected in your life? Now, I spent, like, I don't know what it was, four months on Beatitudes. <laughs> if you missed those series... <laughs> Go back online, they're really good, right? So blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are those who you are when people insult you and, and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. How's that align with your life? Are you walking them out? Are you pure in heart? Are you doing those things? And if not, once again, you guys know how it works. (laughs) Why not? There's something that's telling you that you're not going to do it. And I need you to identify it. Write it down. You're going to love this one. And what were the Ten Commandments reproduced in your life? You're like, Ten Commandments? I thought there was only one. Now, love everybody. Ten Commandments. You You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. If you think those are just stuff we should throw out right now, I understand, but this applies to everything. So read those. How does that line up with your life? What stuff do you need to work on? Like I said, you're going to have to do a self-evaluation here. This is you interrogating yourself because you will only be honest with yourself and write it down and say, "Woof, I need to fix that. You can come out, Miss Rachel. I'll finish if you're out here. I'll keep talking if you're not. <laughs> Just none of that, you know, fancy music. <laughs> Am I following in the footsteps of Jesus? So, everywhere you walk, when you walk into places, do they relate you to Him? Are you preaching the gospel? Or are you sharing the gospel every chance you get? Are you loving on people? So, do you look like a citizen of heaven or do you cause people to stumble? What are you doing? Self evaluation. Ask yourself this, should God's children act the way I do? That's a good one. Do I represent my family name? Not only your earthly family, your worldly family, but your heavenly family. Do you represent him? To find any kind of flaming arrows, all you have to do is turn to any page into scripture, and say, how does this reflect in my life and be truthful? And when you do that, you're gonna identify the arrows in your life. And that's important because you can't fix what you don't know is broke. And some of you have been walking around with arrows for a very, very long time to the point where it's healed around it. And you don't even know it's there anymore. So you need to spend some time interrogate yourself because when you review it and you surrender it to God that's when he starts showing up in a mighty way so when you're under attack we got to remember we don't need to panic our faith in God's word is going to protect us we seek God we repent ask for forgiveness surrender it all to him and for some of you I understand it's been difficult and you've been through trauma and you've been through all kinds of stuff maybe in your, your marriage and with loved ones and financial burdens I understand and I understand that it can be it can go, it, the mountain can be huge but it takes a must, mustard seed of faith right to move a mountain you can get them all out of the way when you surrender them all to God Cause here's what we know, you know, Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 10:13. he says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. So what you're going through, don't ever think that you're just this lonely person who's going through everything and everybody else is perfect. No, nobody's transparent. That's why you have to do a self-evaluation, <laughs> all right? You're just going through stuff that people go through. And God says, I understand that, but here's the thing, I'm faithful. And if you surrender it to me, if you let me work with you and through you, we can get through this together. But if you allow the enemy to keep shooting at you and you don't put up your shield and you try to stop it on your own, man, he's gonna keep hitting. And pretty soon you're gonna find yourself walking alone You know, not doing church, not doing life with people. And that's when the enemy attacks. He gets the ones that are just straggling. He won't go after the crowd. So our faith in God's our shield. I'm going to read Psalms 91, one through seven, because I believe this is the, uh, I love this Psalm and it covers a lot of stuff that we're talking about. Psalms 91, one through seven. It says, whoever dwells in this dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I love that last statement because that tells me, could you imagine walking in so much faith when you start putting on the full armor of God and you put on the robe of righteousness and you buckle it in with the belt of truth, Right, and it's so good and you put on the shoes of peace and and you can usher in and you can walk in that and then your faith is so strong that a thousand will land at your one side ten thousand at your right an arrow can't even hit you You the enemy can't even hit you when you put it all on you don't even need a shield you don't need to put it on in the morning why? because you're walking in it it's part of your life it's who you are because you believe, because you have faith. That's where God wants us. God wants us being so just sold out to Him. We're His prized possession. He loves us and He's not going to let us fall. And even when, you know, even when the enemy attacks, because the enemy's going to attack, even when maybe an arrow embeds itself in. Here's the good part. When you are so saturated with Him, when you are so saturated with His love and who He is and what He's doing in your life, man, it'll extinguish that fire in a heartbeat. And it doesn't come from anything else other than being in His presence, being in His Word, having a relationship with Him and believing in what His Word says. And you'll be saturated with Him I want to be so saturated. It's like a sponge that's just completely full. And wherever you walk, he is just dripping off from you. And every place you go, you touch people and people are getting healed. Every place you go, people, people that are in doubt are getting filled up with hope. Just because you walked in the room. That's what we're chasing after. That's what we're seeking. That's what we should want from him. Because that's what he wants from us. That's that, that plan, that purpose he has in our lives. Satan's real. He's gonna attack. But he's also real limited based on our faith. So the stronger your faith, the more limited he is the way he can do in your life. Amen. 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 Oh, I know there's some people here today and I want to pray for you and we're going to invite our prayer team up here um, at the end of service. But I know there's people here today. You are, man, you've, you've been hit. Your marriage has been under attack. Your finances have been under attack. Your family's been under attack. Your health's been under attack. You're just under attack. And God wants you to know that, man, he's got you. Let him be your shield. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to come up with some fancy way to get through all this stuff. He says, read my word and have faith. Seek me, you'll find me. Knock and it'll be open. So I wanna pray with you this morning. Some of you are dealing with job issues. Maybe your kids are are running from God. Maybe your kids are just running. (laughs) God wants you to know that he just loves you. So I want to pray with you this morning. So Father, we just love you. You see the hearts, you see the minds of those right now, God, that they're sitting in this seat, they're, they're watching online, Lord, and they just need you. They just need you, God. They got so used to dealing with what they're going through. They got so used to, to living life the way it's being lived that, Lord, they don't know any difference. So God, just touch them, Lord. Heal them, Father. Open their eyes to a better way. Father, heal those wounds, Lord. Father, open their eyes to where these arrows are coming from, Lord. And then show them, Lord, what they need to do to fix it. Father, just guide them, lead them, repair, restore marriages, Father God. Father, restore the finances, Lord. Teach them how to live in peace, Lord. come on, heal those bodies right now that are sick, God, that just, man, they need, they need you, Lord. They need your healing power right now. For those that need to see doctors, God, give them the wisdom and knowledge they need. Supernaturally downloaded in them right now, God. But Father, we can't do it without you and we thank you for what you're doing and we give you all the praise this morning. We give you the authority to do whatever, God, work in our life. You have complete reign over us, God. We surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I know there's some people in here that you need to take that first step. You need to say, God, I can't do it on my own. I've been doing it way too long without you. And maybe you've heard about him for a while. Maybe you've, you've heard sermons before and you know what? You just hadn't been tugged on to raise your hand or maybe God said respond and you didn't this is your test of faith this is where it starts don't leave out of here today without accepting him as your your personal savior without submitting your life to him accepting him into your heart so I want to pray with those people this morning so if that's you man if God's speaking to you right now and he's tugging on your heart and you don't know him You don't have a relationship with him. Now's your time. Don't wait any longer. All you have to do is raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to do any of that. I just want you to search your heart right now. And if you say, God, I need you, all you got to do is raise your hand. And we're going to say a prayer as a group. We're going to say a prayer as a church. I'm not going to call you out. But I just want to see your hand. If that's you, you want to know Jesus. You want to know him as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Come on, hold it. I know there's people watching online. And I know you can do this in your home. You don't need to be in the church. You can do this in your bedroom, in a closet, wherever you want to go. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's in Romans 10, 9, 10. So as a church, this morning, we're all going to pray this together. And if you say this prayer, then, then let us know. If you're online and you say it, send us a message. We've got information for you. If you're in here and you say this prayer for the first time and you receive Him in your heart, let us know. Because next week is baptism. Don't miss out on this opportunity to get completely submerged with him. So let's just repeat this prayer after me. As a church, say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior i know you died on the cross and rose again just for me today i surrender my life to you in jesus name amen and amen come on y'all i know that that god touched some people today i know he's changing hearts this morning and it doesn't always have to be a fancy prayer, y'all. Sometimes you just got to say, Jesus, I need you and, and accept them in. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Kevin. He's going to close this out. I love y'all. And I'll see you again next week.
5: Amen, amen. Praise God. Mm. Y'all good? Y'all ready for round two? Peaks is coming. We'll pass out Little Caesars. Everybody be all right. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God is good. So this is the part in our service where we get to worship God with our finances. Uh, If this is your first time today and you're new, hey, listen, do not worry about this. Don't feel pressure to give. This is just for those who call Destiny Church their home. This is for those who want to worship God uh, with their money and their resources. I have uh, something I wanted to share with you guys really quick, I promise. Uh, Luke 6, verse 38, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. You know, when Pastor DJ was uh, talking about faith and about giving, even though he didn't mean to probably talk about giving, uh, I love talking about giving, y'all. And the reason I love talking about giving is because I love to give. And I want to read this for you guys real quick before I start crying. (laughs) It says this, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. The measurement of your generosity becomes a measurement of your return. This isn't a, I'm not trying to tell you guys Give twenty dollars and God will give you forty. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm really not. I'm really not. What I'm telling you today is that you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God, and I've tried. I promise you, I still try. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I I'm not saying that to gloat or anything. I really love to give because I've been really poor before and I've been broke and I've had nothing, and so I love to give and. I've tried to outgive God many, many times. And I've never, to this day, I've never been able to outgive God. Because He's such a good God. Listen to me, your God is such a good God. Do you think He needs your 10%? Like, seriously, do you think that He's like, mm, well, Brother Kevin only gave 9%? Well, hmm, let's deduct that 1% from heaven. No, no, like, He's not like, okay, well then, you know, instead of a five bedroom in in heaven, you get a four. You know, he's not like that. The truth is that he doesn't desire your 10%. The truth is that he desires your heart. The truth is he desires for your heart to break for his people. He desires for your heart to break for those people who are homeless, who don't have food, You know, this week we were talking, me and my wife, Crystal, and uh, there was this ministry in Honduras, and and they were giving, and they had to turn away five people this week. And out there, to turn you away means you don't get to eat. And it was really, really tough. And, you know, and me and my wife, we had given after she said, you know, the lady told us that, hey, you know, they need a little extra help. So we were giving and, um, but God desires your heart to break for what breaks his heart. So it's really not about money. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. And so I've I've decided personally to give God with all of my heart because I love him, because I've been like some of you guys, I know I'm not the only one. I've been at the bottom of the barrel, as they say, you know, I've been to the bottom and it's not fun. And so today I want you guys to give with a generous heart. But I also want you guys to give knowing that your God, the God that you serve, is going to outgive you. I want you to have faith today. I want you to have faith and know that your God will outgive you. And I don't mean just money. I mean it's peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean the love of God. I mean broke re- relationships being amended. That's what I mean. Because your God can do it. Listen to me, your God can do it and he loves you and he wants to do it. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you, God. Thank you for moving in the hearts of all your people today. Oh, Father, we choose to give today, God, with a generous heart. God, with a heart full of love, God. Oh, Father, I know that we can't outgive you, but I want to try, God. All of my days, Father, that I have here on earth left, God, I want to try. Father, I know that today is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised, God. But I want to give, God, with all of my heart. Not just my money, but my time and my resource, God. And my love, Father God. I want to love your people, Father, as you love them. Oh, God, I thank you for this offering that you're going to bless today. God, I declare in the name of Jesus that you will use this offering, God, to bless the nations, God, that you will use this offering, God, and that you will will use it to bless the people all around this city, God, and the the tri-city area, God, and and in this state, God, and in this nation, Father. God, I have faith, Father, that you will do it and that you will outgive us, God. I thank you and I love you. In Jesus' name. Can I hear somebody say amen? There you go. Amen. Hey, listen, if you need prayer this morning, uh, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. If you need prayer this morning, please don't leave without getting prayed for. I love you guys. I really do. I love you guys. And the uh, ushers will be at the door. I bless you guys in the name of Jesus. And I pray I see you next week. God bless you guys.